Blessed one, welcome to Inspiring Word, a life-transforming encounter with the Word of God with Bishop Steve Asari. Bishop Steve Asari is the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the Way Cathedral. Lighthouse Chapel International is part of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Steve has a unique teaching gift and ministers powerfully under the anointing. Join us now on Inspiring Word with Bishop Steve O. Asari. We bless you. We bless you. And we honor your holy name, O oh God. Oh, yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, lead us. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, teach us. Teach us, Lord. Let there be a revelation yes. of the presence, yes, yes, Lord. The presence of the Father yes, Lord. and of the power yes, Lord. of his presence. Cause our eyes yes, Lord. to see. Yes, Lord. May your eyes open to see. Amen. May your heart be enlightened to perceive. Amen. Amen. The very presence and the very power of God that touches and changes you. Let change come. In Jesus' name. We bless you, Lord. Amen. Shout a big amen and put your hands together unto the Lord. Wow. Please be seated. I'll just share something very important shortly. I'm sharing on the subject of backsliding. Backsliding, as I believe we all know what it is, is when you have received the word and believed and the faith and you're walking in it and then you turn the other way. Um, let me put it simply. It's a believer who is not walking in the ways of God anymore. And when we talk about the ways of God, normally when you hear backsliding, it's like now you are not in church, you are in the club, or you are drinking and falling into the gutter and things like that. You know, it's, it's a form of it, but it also comes in other forms. Backsliding is also where the vim of your fire, your fire for the Lord is lost. So you used to be on fire, you used to have vim, you used to um, believe, do things, Maybe you were a shepherd. Now you are not a shepherd anymore. It's backsliding. You used to do evangelism. Now there's no evangelism. It's backsliding. Even you used to sing in the choir. Now you don't sing in the choir. You have left the choir. You don't do anything anymore. It's backsliding. So there are backsliding. There's backsliding in different levels. Even pastors can backslide. Because certain things that you believed and you had energy and faith for 
and you were doing previously, now is lost and is no longer there. A pastor who is not into the very workings of God. And there are pastors in this church, they are backslidden. Hmm? Yes. Is it there are pastors who should be in this service? They are not here. They will say that, oh, I'm in the area where they don't go to no area. I know. If you challenge me, I'll mention names. They say, but they will come to church walking in as ghosts at a certain point and it's as if don't ask where I'm coming from because I mean some, some are, I'm the head pastor here do you know that some pastors I don't even see them so one of the symptoms of backsliding is that you are not seen don't, do we don't see you say a shadow pastor or ghost pastor there's a, 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 a gentleman in the church and his pastor was not seeing him for some time. And he said, that, where have you been? Because I don't see you in church. He said, now I've joined the underground church. We have a message called underground church. Yes. The church that is not seen, but is very powerful. He was telling his pastor that I'm now in the underground church. That's why you don't see me. Ask your neighbor, are you in the underground church? So if you are around, you say, yeah, you see somebody, I, I'm in church. Oh, I'm around, though. I'm in the church. I don't see. I, 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 me too, I'm in the church. So ghost pastors and ghost members who love to hide at the back. And even now, the way they've done the inside of the church and the light, they are not, you, you, nobody knows that you are here. I say, it's backsliding. It's what? Yes. That's your sign. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, a scripture you shouldn't like. And Jesus said, okay. And another said unto the Lord, okay. So Jesus was calling people to pray. Jesus said unto him, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have net, but the son of man has not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said unto him, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. 62. Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's the scripture I'm looking for. No man, mm -hmm, having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. The plow is plow. And you are plowing. You are moving forward. It's not behind. It's like somebody who has given himself 
to the job or to the work of God or to the service of God or unto God, but you are looking back. You are not fit. That's backsliding. It's a description of backsliding, looking back. Look forward. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set up at the right hand of the Father. Look forward and don't look back. Don't look back expecting your old boyfriend to call you soon. Being a Christian means that you have done away with that part of life. So don't be there dreaming. When is he going to call me? Why is he not calling me? Or will he come? Or if I see, not that I want to do anything, but just to see him. Lot's wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. By the next rainfall, there was no sign of Lot's wife again. So looking back is dangerous. So what the scripture is telling us is that once you are born again, you should just put your hand on the plow and keep going forward. Keep serving. Keep growing in the Lord. When you stop growing, you are backslidden. Because there are certain things that make you grow. So if you stop doing those things, you stop growing in the Lord. And you may not know that you have stopped growing. But you are going back gradually. Why did Lord's wife look back? They have been given strict instruction and said that, look, Sodom is going to burn. Everything is going to be destroyed. We are delivering you from the place, Lot and his family. The only instruction is that as you are going, don't look back. You may hear of the fire and the sparks and everything, but don't look back. Don't let your mind go back to Sodom. So it's a way of showing that you have rejected this one and you are moving on to a new life where God is taking you. But looking back is expressing your love and your desire for the thing that is behind and the thing that you are supposed to have left behind you. I think that is the metaphorical meaning of it. And that's exactly what happened to them. Then, as they were going, she looked back. And before they knew, she turned into a pillar of salt. Simple. So if you are plowing, plow forward and move forward. Hmm. Are you still here? Backsliding. It's not a nice subject. But it's important. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 4. I'm trying to paint a picture for you to see the seriousness of what I'm talking about. Verse 4, it says what? For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again 
unto repentance. Seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. So I see a word here in verse 4, impossible. Do you see the same word? It is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Are you enlightened? How many are enlightened? How many are not enlightened? Nobody is not enlightened. How many are enlightened? Uh, your hand has come up now. Is it, you are just trying to hide behind, hide behind uh, I'm not enlightened, so this scripture doesn't apply to me. Whether you lift your hand or not, it applies to you. Message Bible. Put message Bible and let's see. It said, it is impossible. Verse 4. Message. Okay. They can't bring it. Read it for us. Once people have seen the How many have seen the light? Once people have seen the light. If you are here, you have seen the light. That's why you are here. Uh-huh. What else? Uh-huh. Gotten a taste of heaven. Being part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Once they personally experience the sheer goodness of God's word. Mm-hmm. If they then turn their back on it, washing their hands of the whole thing, well, they can start all over again as if nothing happened. That's impossible. Why? They've re-crucified Jesus. They've repudiated him in public. Is it so? So it's explaining enlightening. Go back to those verses, the verse 4 and the verse 5. He said, for those, no, 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 I'm looking for the message. So, but you understand, if I put it in a very, I mean, people have all kinds of um, interpretations for this scripture. But I don't think I want to carry it to any wild, complex interpretation. What I see is that those who were once enlightened, enlightened means you are born again and you can see or you understand the salvation that God has given through Jesus Christ. Enlightened. How else do you explain it? That you are saved through Jesus by grace. You understand the principles and the things of the Bible, at least the basic things. You know something. Ah, you know about salvation. Don't say you don't know. Enlightened. How many are enlightened? Uh-huh. They are still not enlightened. Okay, they are becoming enlightened now. <laughs> Who have seen the light? How many have seen the light? Oh, if you haven't seen the light, I think there's nothing. And gotten a taste of heaven and being part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you have a taste of heaven? Is that not what we see, what we talk about? What is the, what's the church about? Yes, it's a taste of heaven preparing us for what is ahead. And then he said, of, uh, uh, what? Working with the Holy Spirit. Eh? What, what does that one say? Being part of the work of the Holy Spirit. You've not been part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Eh? You have been part of what? We have been part of the work of the Holy Spirit because 
What we are doing here is the work of the Holy Spirit, and you are part of it. Were well, you not the one singing so so parting to eternity right now? And now you are not part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Then what were you doing here? Doing what? What did you say? Mercy. Mercy didn't come to church today. Welcome to Jesus. Part of the work of the Holy Spirit. The fact that you are in church and you are sitting in church, you are on the Lord's side. Are you on the Lord's side? How many are on the Lord's side? The fact that you are here, you are sitting in church, you are on the Lord's side. You are part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit that is working in the church is not any other spirit. So everybody, you have been part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Then verse 5. And they have personally experienced the goodness of God's word and the powers breaking in on us. Have you experienced the goodness of God's word at any time in your life? Sheer goodness. And again, why are you here? What do we do? It's the, it's the word of God. The goodness, the sheer goodness of God's word and what God's word is able to do, that's what we are here for. And you have come. So what are you doing here? So, so it's describing us. Don't let, I'm saying this because if you care to study, you'll find all kinds of interpretations to this particular passage of scripture. Yeah. People tend it to explain it to be, oh, it is not for ordinary Christians. It is for this type of people. It is not the, it is for us. It is for yourself. And it is for myself as well. It's for us. He said that if we fall away, it is impossible. And they even try to describe the extent to which you have to go before falling. Then it becomes impossible. Why we haven't gotten there? It is possible. But me, I take the scripture as it is that if I fall, it is impossible. Yeah, are there not people you know who have fallen and never came back? Yeah. And one of the reasons is that you know the things already. I mean, many of us, when we are going to sin, we know it is sin. Oh? Yes. And the verse, even the verse is on your mind. You know that this thing is a sin and this is the reason why it's a sin, but I mean, you see how it is. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so even if somebody comes to you and is trying to talk you, talk to you about it, you already know the verse and the verses, the scriptures concerning what you are doing. By the time they start talking, you will finish the verse for them. Yes, you have tasted of the heavenly. Um, what this thing so that's backsliding it shouldn't happen to you amen it should not happen to you the book of um i don't even know which one okay let me give you courses of backsliding do you like that one yes okay i'll give you courses Number one, shallowness. The reason why somebody will backslide is that they are shallow. 
look into your neighbor's face and see whether you can see shallowness in that person. And then ask your neighbor, please drop one scripture for me, only one verse, one verse, one verse, one verse. One verse for the morning. One verse for the morning. He's angry with you because you are asking for a verse. What will plant you deep and make your roots deep is the word of God. Mm. Luke chapter 8 verse 11. Luke 8 11 quickly. Whoosh. Luke 8 11. Now the parable is this. This is the explanation to the parable of the sower. And it said the seed is the word of God. Verse 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Then verse 13. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation, they fall away. Mm-hmm. That's the word. So, why are they falling away? What are the words say? These have no root. The seed is the word. Verse 11. And the word is sowed in them. But the word or the seed, it grew up suddenly by the roadside. And there's no um, on the rock. But because the ground is not good, the ground is rocky. Sometimes there's some surface soil that will make the thing begin to grow. And even the description in the Bible, you see that it grew fast. Came up very fast. And very nice. Like somebody who had gone to church and born again. And suddenly you can see changes. Person is better. But just underneath the soil that you can see is hard rock. So the roots, instead of extending down and making the plant strong, it hits the rock and it can't go again and it begins to wither, dry up. And you wonder why it's drying up. Now, shallowness. You are not deep. You don't know the word. You don't meditate. You see, meditation is thinking through, thinking on the word and becoming deep in it, if I should put it that way, or getting it established in your heart. As I'm preaching, you are receiving something. How many are receiving something? It's in your mind. You are hearing something is resting over here. Now, the next state that you need to carry this in is through what is called meditation. That's why some people write notes. And that's why now people don't write notes and you wonder what is happening. 
They don't even have Bible to check scripture. You backslide. If you are like that. Yes, because you don't have even anything to fall back on to say that, ah, when I was in church, I heard something like this. Let me check and see whether that is what I heard or not. If that's what I heard, it will help me in this thing. You don't even have any reference about anything. Yeah. On your wayside. Yeah. You see, but I said that they receive it with gladness. They are happy. I'm born again. I'm going to live for God. And they start doing something. They start moving. They start serving God. But they are not deep. They are shallow. And there are people who have been Christians. You have been here. Maybe you have been in the church for 10 years. You are still very shallow. But he said, when temptation comes, then now they are exposed. So temptation is like a storm that comes to try the tree. Is it a real tree with deep roots or is it just something that we can see? Because you can be seen to be very nice. I saw a tree that was uprooted. It was on Legon campus, those trees on the main avenue. Um, what type of tree is that? It's mahogany, yes. Mahogany. After a storm, a huge one like that, it was uprooted and lying there. I said, wow, this thing looked great until today. Yeah. May it not be our story. May it not be your story. It looked great until that storm came and the thing, you could see the roots and it's lying down like that because it's not deep. Meditation, which is simply thinking about the word, quiet time. When you have quiet time, some of you, they post this thing about quiet time. You just read through like that. I've had quiet time. No, 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 no. You fall. You backslide. You always remain a shallow Christian. There's no depth in you. You have to take the word. You have to read the word. You have to think about it. Don't read it like you are reading the way you read your storybooks. I've read. No, no, read one verse, read one line, and think about it. The more you think about it and you meditate on it, the more it stays in your mind and it draws from your mind into your heart, and then it becomes part of you. But what you are receiving today is just on your mind. The moment you get out of here and you go and quarrel one, two, then everything is gone. Yep. Meditation. You have to be deep. You must know something because if you don't know anything, then anybody can deceive you. Another preaching will confuse you. Unbelievers will confuse you. Oh, yes. Unbeliever can come to you and say, ah, okra, we be I mean, the modern Christianity, that's how, not how they do it. It's like this. Even I know a pastor who does this, and I know a reverend who is also there, but you alone, that alone will confuse a simple-minded person like you. But when you say that you have received a word, 
Remember also that testing of the word will come. It will be tested. The storm will come. The wind will come on you. Other ideas, other knowledge, other teachings will come. Crisis will come and test you. Some people go through crisis, you have a problem um, in your, maybe somebody is dead, your loved one is dead because of that, God has disappointed me. I won't serve God again. Or you fail your exam, your BC or something because of God has disappointed you. And That one you don't remember. It's only God who does wrong. You didn't learn. If you learn, you pass. Small. I mean, somebody who is in secondary school right now, I wasn't expecting the person to pass. Because she was not learning. Then when the uh, result came, she had something to go to secondary. I said, wow, this exam, everybody can pass. <laughs> uh-huh. No, uh, the BC. Uh, oh. Aggregate 18. I said, wow. Why ya de pa? After that girl, I said, oh, this is I'm dear. Everybody can pass. Anybody. If you feel any number, baby, I'll feel no way drew too much. That I mean, if they have been able to make you feel busy, they are not here, they are any more shit. Shallow. Your faith and your determination will be tested. You come to church, something happens, quite, uh, Osha says, sit here. Then say, no, come and sit here. Say, I'm angry, I won't come. Hey, they are testing you and you are failing already. A normal uh, Asha has failed you. You didn't even wait for the pastor to come, the higher examiner. The Asha failed you, say, you are not fit, go away. Is that how you fail? Now, so, crisis will come, temptations will come, issues of life will come against you and if you don't have the scriptures and you are not deep in the scriptures, you'll be blown away by the next whatever that will happen. You see that you are not there anymore. Let me give you one key. Study the Bible. And the key is this. Find a scripture that supports what you are doing or what you are thinking. Are you still here? Let the church say amen. Okay. <laughs> it's true because the church uh, is like, what's wrong with this guy? I'm preaching, preaching. Let there be a scripture. One scripture. Two scriptures. 
that this thing, the supporting scriptures are this and that. Are you with me? Yeah. Number two, don't follow the crowd. Some people, they are just there. What everybody is doing, that's what we are doing. Obey you Complete. Yeah, this is where everybody is going. This is what everybody is doing. That's what it is. So we are all like that now. Everybody comes to church late. So I come to church late. You are lost. Everybody don't do quite. Is that not how the world is? If you do an exam and you fail, I mean, you are also looking at other, you are looking for others who failed. Then you said, and you mean Oh, we crave the any better. Oh, even you are thirty six percent, twenty six crap home. Now we are forty two. Yeah. So don't follow people. Don't follow the crowd. Hebrews twelve one. I like that, that, that scripture. Let me read it for you. Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every witch and the sin which that so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Are you running a race? Are you running a race? Everybody has their race that they are running. And the races are different. Oh yeah. They are not the same. Just as the temptations are different. Everybody has their own to do. You don't mark yourself by what others are doing. You mark yourself by what the scheme is. Or what the marking scheme is. Then verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, mm -hmm, the utter and finisher of our faith. So you don't look at others, what others are doing. You don't look at what, what they are up to, what they are not doing, how they live their lives, how they live their Christian lives, what they have and what they don't have. I mean... What thoughts they have? No, that's not your standard. You backslide if you keep looking at others. You'll be an empty Christian. Shallow. Nothing. So when the crowd moves like that, you are also moving with it. And they move like that. Or your friends. This is what they are doing, you are in it. That's what they are doing, you are in it. You are into everything because you are not rooted. You don't have the word for yourself. Following friends and following the crowd will take you into backsliding. So he said that look unto Jesus. Make sure that your eyes will see Jesus and you ask yourself, is Jesus happy with me at this time? Is, is this what Jesus will want me to do? Would Jesus be asking the angels to cheer me on at this time? Is Jesus approving of the move that I'm making at this time? Looking onto Jesus. So your eyes are focused 
Jesus still had something that he was looking onto. He said, looking unto Jesus, um, the author and finisher, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when he was going through all his crises and the beatings and the, uh, 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 the spitting into his face and everything, his eyes were on one thing. Oh God. He was looking at what? What was he looking at? The joy. If I'm able to go through this one, the joy. If I'm able to endure this one, the joy of sitting at the right side of the father. That's what he was looking at. And because that was in his heart, he's never, he never gave up. If he looked around at other people, say, hey, I've done good to so many people. I've healed them. I've done them. This raised their uh, people from the dead and look at how they are treating me. Even bad people are not treated like this. If he thought that way and looked at things another way, he would say, no, I will not go through this one. Yeah. But he was looking at the joy of passing this temptation. So that is why he is a good example. When you looked at Jesus, you would overcome the things you have to overcome. As for the temptation, it will come. It will come in the form of people to deceive you. Yes. One time, I was a young Christian, secondary school Christian, scripture union then. I went somewhere and I met, not that I even met them, they said that brought them to me. Yes. I went to visit somebody who was a member of that sect. They believe they use the Bible, but they also believe in a man, not Jesus. Yes. A man called Abraham. Have you heard that name before? William Marion Abraham. And it's like he's the prophet of the last days. So if you believe the Bible and you don't believe him, you are lost. There's another one like that. Um, Latter-day Saints, they also have the same kind of, they use the Bible. But they have, what's the name of the man? Yes. Yes, the man, the man, not the book. Yeah. So if you don't believe him, you're, so I've been there, a relative that I visited, I visited, then this time he brought two strong guys, small boy, secondary school, I don't know, form three and now form four. I mean, I'm now trying to learn something, they came and I even remember the guy's name up till today. And they use scriptures. So honestly, by the time they finished with me for how many hours, I was confused. Because they think they are reading the Bible, but they explain it. So what did I do? It was vacation. As soon as we reopened and I went back to school, then I went to see my SU patron. And I said, I'm confused about some things. So he said, what is it? So, so I met these people. Uh, they, oh, the moon crop we are. The moon crop we are. Look, don't think about anything they said. At, we didn't even go into the issues. 
don't think about that. Then she spoke to me in a way, and I was able to overcome. Yeah. So when something comes your way and you are getting confused, instead of staying there and being driven into something, rather talk to your pastor, talk to somebody who can help you. Yes. I stood on my ground. Strong. Yeah. I went to the same place again. But I was not affected by it. They brought two very strong, like in the group, strong guys to come and <laughs> deal with this brother. Yeah. So you, you meet it. But God will help you. And you will stand. Now, you are here. You are not born again. What an opportunity to offer your life and give it to Jesus. And say, Jesus, come and live in me. And come and be the Lord of my life from today. I'm giving you that opportunity that Jesus will come into your heart. That Jesus will change you. That Jesus will write your name in the book of life. That you will go to heaven. You will not go to hell. Close your eyes everybody. You need Jesus. You want to be born again. Lift up your right hand. Lift up your right hand. I need Jesus. I need to be born again. Lift it up high. Up high. Up high. God bless you. Up high. Your hand is lifted up. Come to me. Come to the front here. Come. 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 I'm praying for you as well. And it's very, very important because you are the new entrance into heaven today. These are the new entrance into heaven today. These are the new entrance into heaven today. Their angels have taken their pens and they are writing your names in heaven today. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say it loud, Lord Jesus. Forgive me my sins. Wash me in the blood. Write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come and live in my heart. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. From today, I will serve you. I will follow you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you for listening. We invite you to join us this Sunday. Our Doxa service is at 7.45 a.m. and Victory service at 10 a.m. Our Victory prayer service is on Saturdays at 6 a.m. Like and subscribe to Bishop Steve Asari-DHMM on Facebook and YouTube and Lighthouse Chapel International-HQ. May God bless you and protect you. Angels cry.